Genesis chapter 22. Verses 1 through 2, and then we'll jump down and read verses 16 through 17. It says, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. Hebrew word for Hineni, here I am. And then he said, Take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. We drop down to verse 16. It says, this is what the Lord says after Abraham obeyed him. Because you have obeyed me and, and have not withheld even your son, your only son, I swear by my own name that I will bless you with incredible blessings and multiply your descendants into countless thousands and millions like the stars above you in the sky. Come on, make no little plans here. Like the sands along the seashore, they will conquer their enemies. God says, I swear by my own name that I will bless you. Did you see that? That God swore? We have a swearing God? I swear. I swear I'm going to bless you. Today I want to talk from this thought. Hopefully we get through it today. I swear that I swear I'm going to bless I'm going to bless you. If you've been around for the last several months, you know we've been in a theme around here uh, as a result of a word that was spoken into this house, make no little plans here. And uh, we've really latched on to that, and I'm going to keep saying that because you have to mix faith with that for that to work in your life. Um, here's what we know about God. God doesn't have small plans. God is a God of big plans. God's purpose for your life is that it would get bigger and better and brighter for you. Not even one amen. Can I get a big amen? amen. Now, we've been looking at Joshua. Now, let me go through some review, and hopefully we can get to where I believe we're supposed to be today. But we've been looking at the book of Joshua and how God used Joshua to lead God's people into a new season of an expansion and, and enlargement. But before God could take them into a land that he had for them, the land, for many of us know, that flows with milk and honey, it was a, an amazing land of resources and, and abundance. It was a place of God's blessings. But before God can allow them to go into that, that big thing that he had for them, he talks to them about three specific things. So important that we get this understanding. We see this in the very first three chapters of, of the book of Joshua. And, and we know if, we, if you've been around or been online, you know that God talks to them about their yesterdays. And he tells them that he has healing for their yesterdays because we all understand and realize that it's easy to get stuck in your past. And you're not going to experience 
all that God has for you, the good things and the big things of God, if you're stuck in your past. Hear the word of the Lord today. There is healing for your yesterdays. There's healing for that abuse. There's healing for that pain. There's healing for that failure. There's healing for that disappointment. So God talks to them about their yesterdays, and then he goes to the other end, and he talks to them about their tomorrows, and he tells them, I have miracles for your tomorrows. In other words, I have healing for your yesterdays, and I have supernatural help for your tomorrows. God's got, God's got us covered. He's got our yesterdays covered. He's got our tomorrows covered. He just needs one thing out of you is for you to be obedient with your todays. And in the first three chapters of Joshua, it's really interesting how, how the Lord even unfolded this to me. God gives his people five different responsibilities, uh, or you could say preparations that they were to do in their yesterdays in order for them to experience the miracles in their tomorrows. And so we've been talking about the five different preparations. The first one was to prepare your priority. We spent a long time on that because that's the most important one. And that is a priority daily of God's Word in your life. Nothing good is going to happen in your life if the Word of God is not your authority and your priority. And then we went on to the second preparation. It was a preparation of position, very important uh, position. It was a position daily of courage that fears no evil. Most of us are getting tripped up in life because we yield to the spirit of fear. But God says, if I'm going to be able to do big things in your life, I need you to have a daily preparation of courage that will resist the spirit of fear in your life. We spent a few weeks on that. Last week, we started on the third preparation, and I'm hoping to be able to conclude it this week. Anybody believe with me? Uh, and this is a preparation of passion. And we kind of went off the rails, and I kind of went for it last week, and I really want to see if we can get into the teaching today because uh, in all of our getting, we need to get understanding. And, and I believe this is, this is huge understanding. This is huge revelation that if we'll, if, we'll, if we'll do our dailies correctly, then we'll have healing for our yesterdays, and we will see God's supernatural help in our tomorrows. So the third one we introduced to you last week, it was, it was a preparation of your passion. Your, your passion is what you give your life to. It's amazing what we give our lives to. It's a preparation of passion. This has to do with a daily passion. God, God gave them a, a daily instruction, a daily passion that, that, that he needed them to be fully surrendered to him. So, so this this preparation of passion has to do with a daily passion that fully surrenders to God. In Joshua 3, 5, we, we see this principle. Uh, it says, then Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do miracles among you. So, so Joshua is saying that God will do miracles tomorrow but he gives them instructions of what they have to do in their todays. God, Joshua tells them, today you've got to consecrate yourself. We all want the miracles. We all want the supernatural help. But has anybody even thought about consecration today? 
Well, no, because we don't even use that word hardly. What, what, what is that word? And we begin to give definition to it last week, and I want to just give quickly a definition one more time to that. It's the Hebrew word Kadesh. Uh, it means to be, and, and go back last week, we, we went deeper into this, but Kadesh in the Hebrew language that is translated consecration that, that we have to do in our dailies, and so we need, to, we need to understand what it is because there's no miracles coming tomorrow in your life. See, we want to just make it all about prayer, don't we? Have the pastor pray for me and maybe some, some magic stuff will happen. Listen, the Bible's not a magic book. God has his part and we have our part, and our part is consecration. So we need to get an understanding of what it means to consecrate. It's Kadesh. It's, it's a Hebrew word, Kadesh, which, which means to be separated or set apart. Now notice, unto a holy God. Not from worldly stuff. That's a different word, Kodesh. Don't, don't confuse the two words. And they're both translated consecration throughout the Scriptures hundreds of times. For those that don't realize how many times this word consecrate is used in the Bible. Uh, it, this, this word, Kadesh, means to be separated not from things, but it means to be separated unto a holy God. In other words, my focus is not on what I'm doing wrong. My focus is upon the one uh, that can deliver me from all the wrong. And that's the reason why I love the NIRV translation, because they translated consecration this way. Joshua said to the people, Joshua 3, 5, set yourselves apart to the Lord tomorrow. So see, they, they translate, set yourself apart to the Lord. Set, that's consecration. And if I'll do that tomorrow, he'll do amazing things among you. So Kadesh, or consecration, has to do with surrendering your heart to God. Consecration. Kadesh is a wholehearted, passionate devotion unto God. To consecrate means that you give your all to God. To consecrate means that you are completely sold out to God. To consecrate, I think the, the clearest definition is just to be Kadesh, just fully surrendered to God. If you're going to consecrate, if you're going to Kadesh, if you're going to do what God told you to do, you're just simply making the commitment that you're going to fully surrender to God. Uh, by, by the way, that's actually what Christianity really is. Um, consecration has everything to do with who and what you give your life to. Consecration is your personal commitment to God. So God says... Uh, I, got your I got your tomorrows covered. I, I'm going to mark them by miracles, but I need your commitment today to Kadesh. Uh, I need you to consecrate. Now, now, it's pretty quiet in this, this, this Amazon church because... because this is not a real popular message. It's, it's, it's the modern-day church really knows nothing about consecration. If you was to Google sermons on consecration, you, would, you, you wouldn't find much. You, you'd have to go years back to find out how they used to do it in the church. But, but, but we've advanced, right? <laughs> uh, the the modern-day church, we don't know 
much about consecration. It's just not a popular message. And what have we missed out on? What have we missed out on? Because we have not done our part to consecrate, to, to, to fully surrender to a God that loves us. For, for, for so many, they've made Christianity just kind of a, a side item to their lives. You came back. For so many, um, they'll just give God an occasional Sunday. <laughs> Woo, you're here. You passed the test. For so many, they just, their idea of Christianity, and, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to whatever. I'm not, I, I'm not trying to guilt anybody. I'm not trying to shame anybody. I'm trying to just reveal that maybe the answer is closer to us than we realize. But the enemy has deceived us, and we believe it doesn't take all that surrender stuff. And so the modern-day church, we just, we just kind of, it's kind of a, 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 a side item to their lives. It's, it's kind of like, well, you know, I'll give God an occasional Sunday. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll maybe sprinkle God in or Jesus in here and there into my life. Just add uh, God to the, 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 the occasional to-do list. Um, oh, oh but, but, but make sure you pray that prayer, Right? Make, make sure you pray that prayer because you don't want to go to hell, right? So that's what we've made Christianity. Pray that prayer. Make sure you're going to heaven. Then just go live your life like you, well, like you want to live it and how you want to do it. Live how you want to live it and live what you want to do because you know, Christianity doesn't take all of that surrender stuff. But I'm just here to, to help people today to, to realize that that that's not what the Bible teaches. The, the, the Bible teaches that Christianity is called consecration. Consecration, let me just read a few of these verses. We looked at them last week. I'll just let the Bible help us. 1 Corinthians 6.20, consecration in the New Testament. Paul says it this way, you have been purchased at a great price. So use your body or use your life to bring glory to God. That, that's consecration. That's, that's, that's what Christianity is all about. Use your life to bring glory. It's not just sprinkle a little bit of Jesus here and there, pray a little cute prayer to stay out of heaven or stay out of hell. It's, it's use your life. Paul, Paul says, in fact, I've done this. He says in Philippians 1.21, he says, to me, the only important thing about living is Christ. The only important thing. Has anybody come to that place? It, it really is. I mean, sometimes it just takes you a long time to get there. But the only important thing about living is Christ. Um, I, I know this can be a very strong message. And the reason why it can be a strong message is because you're confronted with a decision. And you're confronted with decisions you've already made about your relationship with God. But I just want to open and, 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 and pull back the curtains that, that possibly, possibly, possibly your frustration in life might just be God's ready to do the miracle, but he's just waiting on you to do the consecration. That God has your yesterdays 
covered, and He has your tomorrows covered, but what He's waiting on you to do is to fully surrender Kadesh, your life. Matthew 16, 24. This is Jesus defining um, Christianity for you. We, we, don't, we don't read many verses like this anymore in the church. It says, Then Jesus said to His disciples, If you truly want to follow Me, you should at once completely reject and disown your own life. Ooh, that's good preaching, Pastor. And you must be willing to share My cross and experience it as your own as you continually, here it is, surrender to My ways. This is Jesus, the one that loves you, the one that you'd get teared up thinking about. He's telling you that, that consecration is a big deal to Him. For if you choose self-sacrifice and lose your lives for My glory, will you, you will continually discover true life. That's what we're all looking for. But if you choose to keep your lives for yourself, you will forfeit what you try to keep. For even if you were to gain all the wealth and the power of this world, at the cost of your own life. What good would that be? And what could be more valuable to you than your own soul? Other translation says, what, what profit would it be for you to gain the whole world but lose eternal life? So, so it's more than just a prayer. It's, 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 the prayer is what initiates your salvation. But, but there, there, there is a sacrifice. There is a commitment. There, there's something required of you. It's called Kadesh. It's called consecration. It's called, it's called no other lovers. It's not, it's, it, I can't two-time God and expect God to do the miracles in my life. Verse 27, he goes on, he says, I, the Son of Man, will one day return with my messengers. That's angels. This, is, this day is sooner than you think. We're, we're, we're getting close to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, I'm, he says, I'm telling you all of this because you don't live forever here on earth. And some of us are living like we live forever here on earth, and we give ourselves to worldly things when we should be fully surrendered to God because that's what really matters in life. You would find out that everything else you do is so much funner when you're fully surrendered to Christ. I, the Son of Man, will one day return with my message, the angels, and in the splendor and majesty of my Father. And then I will reward each person according to what they have done. That's in reference to the judgment seat of Christ. There's two judgments after Jesus comes back and the church is taken out and, and, and the world is judged. There's two different judgments. There's the judgment for those that didn't receive Christ. You don't want to be there. It's the great white throne judgment. And then there's a judgment for us believers who lived on earth and Jesus is going to reward us for what we did for the kingdom of God. It's in the Bible. We need to know. It'll help you change how you live your life if you know these things. He said, I'm going to reward each person according to what they have done. And the rewards are going to be given and promotions going to be given and blessings are going to be given when you lived your life fully consecrated. Kadesh, surrender to your God. There was, so there was such a love affair. God says, I'm going to re reward that relationship. And Jesus even says in... Matthew 22, he talks about it again. He, Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Not just part, 
This is the first, first and great commandment. The first thing that God demands from us is all of you. Hang on, it gets better, but this is Bible. God demands all of you. God wants all you've got, your devotion, your dedication, your worship, your faithfulness, your commitment, your loyalty. God wants your passion. He wants your, your all. God is looking for a committed people. God is looking for a people who have a burning desire to serve him all their days of their life. What would church even look like if we burned for him? Instead of trying just to check the box and say, well, we did that little sprinkling of Jesus thing. How, how do I know if God has my all? New territory, by the way. If, if God is requiring my all, if, if God is wanting me to surrender, just exactly how do I know when, when, when God has my all? Jesus actually tells us in John chapter 14, verse 15. He says this, If you love me, you will obey my commandments. If you love me, you will obey my commandments. Now, I always mess that scripture up. I totally, uh, I totally misinterpreted that. You see, when we hear this Bible verse, most of you in this room right now online, you think that we have to prove our love by our obedience. That, that, that verse is not saying that. You do not prove your love to God by your obedience. It's not saying that you have to prove your love by obedience, but this is not saying you, let's say it this way, but this is not saying you prove your love by obeying all God's commandments. This is saying you obey God's commandments because of your love for God. This is not saying you prove your love by obeying all of God's commandments. This is saying you obey because of a love, a surrender, a Kadesh to God. It's your passion that this is going to help you in obedience. Some of you are trying to prove to God you love him. That's called willpower. Your obedience has to be birthed out of a, out of a, out of a passionate love for God. You'll find obedience is easy when it comes out of a relationship that burns for God. You don't obey to prove to God. You obey because you actually love God. You see, godly obedience is just a secondary consequence for the person that has a burning love for, for God. So we could say it this way. It's your love for God that causes you to give your all to God. This is good. It's your love for God. God. How do I know if I'm fully surrendered? It's your love for God that causes you to give your all for God. It's not looking what you're doing for God. Just, just surrender your love for God, and the doing will be automatic. And Jesus says, this is how I know you love me, because you're obeying my commandments. Your obedience is birthed out of a love relationship. So this is what we can say then. If you're not obeying God's word, if you're not, this is huge, if you're not obeying God's word, it's because you have a love problem. You don't have an obedience problem. You have a, if I'm not obeying what God's word tells me to do, it's not because I have an obedience problem. It's deeper than that. It's a love problem. It's a relationship problem. 
See, see, this is what we need to make sure, especially in the church, because, because I kind of grew up with all that craziness. Prove your love by your obedience. You see, don't make Christianity about rules and regulations because Christianity is not about keeping a rule book. It's about a God that loves you so much that he gave his all for you. And the moment you experience that love that he has for you, your natural response is going to be to love him and give your all to him. Christianity is all about love, not about rules. If, if, if Christianity is about rules, you signed up for the wrong thing. That's what separates it from every other form of religions out there. Christianity is not about a, a, a religion. It's about a relationship. We say that's one of our core values around here. It's a relationship and not a religion. Think about it. You don't have to beg a lover of God to obey God. You, you don't have to beg a lover of God to give and to tithe. To be faithful and to serve. You don't have to beg a lover of God to show up and be a part of what God's doing in the kingdom. But, but here's the problem, and the Bible talks about it in the, in the last days. He says in Matthew 24, 12, the Bible says that in the last days, the, that the love of many, talking about the church, the love of many will grow cold. You see, the reason why we don't see the, the obedience to God's word is, it's not because we need to be better obedient people. It's because actually the love of God's people has grown cold. And Bible says that one of the signs that he's soon returning back to the earth to take the church out is that, is that, is that many, their love will grow cold. And, and so when you have to beg people to worship, that's cold love. When you have to beg people to pray, that's cold love. When you have to beg people to give and to tithe and come, to, that, that's, that's cold love. That, that's not consecration. That's not Kadesh. And God says, if you will surrender, if you will Kadesh, if you will consecrate yourself to me, then I can do miracles for you. Did you know that God is, this is huge, this is a big deal to God. And the enemy's trying to get your love so cold because he knows if he can get your love cold, the byproduct of that is you won't obey what God says to obey. Did you hear that? He just doesn't try to stop your obedience. He just has to stop your love. He just has to stop your surrender. He just has to stop your relationship. And if he can get your relationship to grow cold to God, you'll show up once every six weeks to church. You'll tithe here and there. You'll forgive if you feel like forgiving. But when you burn for God, whatever God says to do, it's like you, you can't wait to do it because it becomes your lifestyle. It's a byproduct of a love. And, and, and here's where we begin to turn the corner because this is what I want you to see is is that this is what God is looking for. And actually, this is what the church is looking for. We're saying, oh, God, where are the miracles? And God is saying, where is the consecration? And if we could give God the consecration, get ready. The blind are going to see. The lame are going to walk. The dead are going to be raised back to life. God says, I, I got you covered. I got your yesterday's covered, and I got your tomorrow's covered. But I've got to find a people that will daily consecrate themselves 
to me. Just, just fall in love. Have, has it come to that? Just fall in love? Really? Just fall in love with God. God is looking for that. It says in, in 2 Chronicles 16:9, for the eyes of the Lord roam throughout the earth to show himself strong. Sounds like miracles to me. For those who are what? Half-hearted, cold in their spirits, cold in their attitudes. Do it if they feel like doing it. God's looking all over the earth. He's looking for a people. He's looking for a church. He's looking for a city. He's looking for a community. He's looking for a person to show his power through. And who is he looking for? He's looking for Kadesh. He's looking for consecration. He's looking for somebody who is wholeheartedly devoted unto him. When he finds it, there is a difference between that person that serves their God and the others that don't serve God. Here's the Bible principle that I really want to get into us. We tried to get there last week, but we're here this week. Here's the Bible principle. It teaches it throughout scriptures. It's this. Consecration comes before God's blessings. Consecration comes before. If you want God's blessings in your life, it, 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 it requires consecration. It, it requires a love affair. It requires a relationship. But isn't that true in any relationship? My, my marriage isn't going to be good if, <laughs> if I'm not in love with my wife, right? It's easy to do what I do for my wife because she's just so, so awesome. It's, it's my wife. I love my wife. I, I didn't think twice about getting that cat out of her car. I, I would never make my wife do that. that that's my, my wife. I, I'll, I'll, I'll travel the world over to find the car and get the cat out of the car. Why, that's my wife. It's not that I'm trying to be obedient. It's just a, a byproduct of my love for her. You don't have to force me and twist my arm and make me. It's not about rules. It's about love. It's about love. It's about love. It's about love. I need somebody to aim it. It's about love. This will change our lives. Consecration comes before God's blessings. In other words, you fully give yourself to God, and then God fully gives himself to you. This has been a strong statement that I've said the last couple weeks. I'm going to say it again as Tom comes back. We're saying, where are the miracles? And I believe God is saying, where is the consecration? Because God's not a man that he should lie. And what he's promised, he shall do it. But he needs your cooperation with your todays. Proverbs 21, 21. Consecration comes before God's blessings. Look at it here. The lovers of God who chase after righteousness will find all their dreams come true. An abundant life dreamt, drenched with favor and a fountain that overflows with satisfaction. This is the blessing of consecration. The lovers of God who chase after righteousness will find all their dreams come true. In Psalms 91, many of us are familiar with this. It's a great example of a chapter that deals with consecration that comes before the blessing. I, I want to read it quick. I, I hope I can read it quick, and I know it's a lot of Bible reading here, but 
but we're going to catch up on our Bible reading today because many of us quote, quote this and have quoted this, especially in the last several years of our life as we've had to stand through tough times and situations. But it's a great example. Psalms 91, it says in verse 1, He who dwells, he who dwells, not visits, but he who, he who dwells in the secret place. And I've spent my life trying to find that secret place. Today, before we leave, I'm going to show you where that secret place is. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Verse 2, I'll say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Verse 2 is a verse about Kadesh. It's about consecration. I'm going to trust you, Lord. You are my refuge. I'm, I'm going to dwell in your house, Lord, your secret place. God says, because of that, you get verse 3. Verse 3 says, surely the consecrated, the Kadesh individual sh shall be delivered from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers. God says, God, God says, I want to cover you and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Why? Because you're Kadeshing, you're consecrating yourself. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night or the arrow that flies by day. You want to get fear out of your life? Start burning for Jesus. Fall in love with Jesus. Kadesh, consecrate. You should not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays away. This is power. This is stuff we quote. It's on your refrigerator, probably at home. But notice who gets this. It's the person that consecrates themselves to God. It says, a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand. This isn't for everybody. This is only for those that have, have, have found the secret place. If you could ever find the secret place, this is what happens in your life. It's consecration before the blessings of God. God is saying, this is what I'm going to do for the consecrated person. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Boy, have I used that. Boy, have I used that over and over. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Why is God all doing all these amazing things? Verse 9 is going to tell you why. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. That's consecration. That's Kadesh. And then he goes on, he says, because you're Kadeshian, because you're consecrated, I'm even going to do more. Verse 10, no evil shall befall you, nor any plague shall come nigh your dwelling. You don't have to be afraid of dying. You don't have to be afraid of the flu. You don't have to be afraid of whatever the news is telling you is going around. You just got to Kadesh. You just got to consecrate. You just got to fall in love and sell out for God. God says, for the one that I consecrate, I'll give my angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands, they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone so you don't trip, you don't fall. In their hands, they shall bear you up. You shall tread upon the lion. This is talking about the enemy, the evil. Upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent, you shall trample underfoot. Why, God? God, why are you doing all of this? He's saying, because it's the secret place. It's a place of consecration. God said, this is why I'm doing all of this, verse 14, because he has set his love 
Hello. Hello, you should have you yelled right there. Because he has set his love. It's a love relationship. It's not about obedience. It's about a relationship with your father who loves you and you love him. He gives you all that he has and you give all that you have. He says, I'm doing all of this. I'm giving all these blessings. I'm protecting you. You shall live and not die. A thousand may fall over, 10,000, but it shall not come nigh. Your dwelling, your home, your family, your business. Why? Because when I find somebody that sets their love upon me, when I find somebody who will consecrate their life to me, when I find somebody that will Kadesh, God says, I will bless. You, Kadesh, and God will bless. Just a disclaimer, we're not going to finish today. I really want to talk about God swearing. I swear that I swear that I swear. I swear that I swear. Now, I got in trouble for doing that at home growing up. But I found where God swears. Didn't cuss, he swore. We'll have to pick that up next week. Powerful, powerful, powerful. But I want to end today with this Psalms 91 because he has set his love upon him, on me. Therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him on high. That's the reason why I got to slow down. We're closing. We're landing the plane. God goes through all of this stuff. Here's what I'm going to do for the man that finds the secret place. Some of you have been trying to figure out the secret place all your life. I'm here to tell you the secret place is for the person. The person that sets their love on God has found the secret place. The secret place is for the person that has set their love on God. And God goes through all of these blessings, all of these rewards. He distinguishes between those who Kadesh and those who don't. And then he, he tells you where the secret place is. I'm doing all this because you set your love upon me. But then God wants to just review again. He wants to just summarize what he wants to do in your life. He says, because you've set your love upon me, this is what I'm going to do. I'll deliver you. I'll set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I'll answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. And with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. set your love on God hear me you have found the secret place when you set your love on God I don't know if you know how valuable that is it's been years God God, what's the secret place he told us what the secret place is you have found the secret place when you have set your love on God and God says if I can find this person that finds my secret place He says in these last two verses, I'm going to do seven things for them. I'm going to do seven things for them. It's a summary of what he's already said in the whole chapter. God says, for the person that Kadesh's, for the person that sets their love on me, for the person that makes it about a relationship and not a religion, here's what I'm going to do. Number one, I will deliver him. Number two, I will set you on high. In other words, you're not going to be on the bottom. Deuteronomy 28 says, talks about that, right? I'll be above only. 
All right, all right. You're not cooperating. Stand to your feet. Some of you are dozing on me a little bit. I want some passion in here. We're, our point is about passion. Ain't passion in here? Come on. Don't, don't you dare take your passion to the football game today and leave no passion here. God doesn't mind you having passion for other things, but he wants your greatest passion right here, your love set upon him. Isn't it amazing? It's amazing what we'll do for sports and things, right? Overtime. We get excited about overtime, but the pastor goes a little long. Oh, dear God. Come on, huh? I'm out of here, right? I mean, think about what you have to go through just to go to a football game. Walking through all that sticky beer, beer being thrown on you, crazy people without their shirts, painted up, right? Crazy, weird stuff goes on at football games. Coming to the church. Oh, I don't want to raise my hands. That's weird. Really? Oh. But you act like a fool out there at a football game. Yeah, I'm just not really a loud person. Oh, you are. I seen you when you won your lotto ticket. You were excited. I'm just not really emotional. Oh, you were when the Raiders won. God says, if you want me to do miracles in your tomorrows, I need your passion for today. I got to know that I know that I know I'm number one in your life. And he says, if I can find somebody that'll sell out to me, somebody that'll consecrate their life, they will have found the secret place. It's the person that sets their love on God. And God says, I promise I'm going to do seven specific things. I will deliver you. I will set you on high. I will answer you. I will be with you in trouble. And I will honor you. Number six, I will satisfy you. We need to stop. You're not dying. God says, I will satisfy you with long. You're not going to die. I said, you're not going. You shall live and not. Come on. Somebody needs to hear that. Number seven, I'll show you my salvation, which includes everything that God has. Salvation is everything that God provides for mankind, protection and deliverance and healing. You shall live and not die. That fear of early death, that fear of premature death, that fear of, fear of tragedy, crises, you're not going to die. I, I, I break that lie off your, your life today. You shall live and not die. I said you shall live and not die. How many people are ready to Kadesh in their todays? If we'll Kadesh, then God will bless. Come on, say that with me. If we'll Kadesh, God will bless. Some of you need to add that to your tattoo. Why does all this happen? Because I set my love on my God. We're saying, where are the miracles? And you know what God really is saying? Where's the love? Where's the love? 
I'm looking for the love. I'm looking for the love relationship. I already showed my love by sending my only begotten son for you so that you would not have to die and be lost for eternity. I gave you my best. I loved you when you were a mess, when you didn't even love me or care about me. In your simple, messed up condition, God says, I loved you. And the Bible teaches us that because he loved us first, then we can love him and give God our all. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, raise your hands to heaven. I feel like we just need to sing something here. Right here. Let's give a little moment. Father, we just thank you for your word today. And I feel like it's, it's beginning to take root in our lives. We're, you're not trying to take our fun away. You're not, we haven't really experienced fun. We've been deceived and we've been lied to. God, forgive us for making Christianity what it is even isn't. God, may celebration be a place that you find a people that have set their love on you. I, I want to read this. I want you to confess this and then we'll make transition and let you go. This morning, about four o'clock in the morning, I so you think I'm preaching to you this is for me so you, you, you look at me as a preacher and go yeah he's never no no listen I'm as human as you are I drift just like you drift I get distracted just like you get distracted and it's so easy to become a professional Christian it's really easy to become a professional pastor and the same burning desire that I had 12, as a 12-year-old as a kid, I said, God, I'll give my life to you. As an 18-year-old kid, as a 21-year-old kid, you know, 30 years down the road, you could just get cold. You, just, you don't think you're cold, but you're just not as hot as you were, and you're just, you're just cold. And so the things of God just aren't attractive anymore. And so now it's a struggle, and so you know you should do it, but you don't really want to do it. And so really you've made Christianity about rules and you're missing the whole point you're missing the love relationship that produces the power of Christianity in your life and I felt like this morning I just needed to pray a fresh prayer of consecration now this is dangerous I wouldn't suggest you pray this if you're not looking to really Kadesh for those people in this room that want to take this moment, those online that want to take this moment to start a brand new today because you believe with all your heart God's got your yesterdays covered and he's got your tomorrows covered. But he's looking at what you're going to do with your todays. I want you to, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Mean it with all your heart. Say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, Today, today, that should mean something to you today. Today, I acknowledge that my life is not my own. I belong to you. 
and I give myself to you to be used for your purpose, your plan, and your will. This is my prayer. This is your prayer. I went on to say, God, I will go. I want to hear you say, God, I'll go where you want me to go. I will say what you want me to say. I will do what you want me to do. God, with your help, whatever the cost, I fully surrender. God, give me undying passion for a heaven's assignment on this earth. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Now today, today, I choose to consecrate myself. Therefore, I'm blessed by God with incredible blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, raise your hands. Let's sing that. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus. 